Welcome to the Vineyard Church Cardiff podcast. Today we feature a preach from the archives from last year where Dave Kemp looks at what it looks like to be a people shaped by the word. Hello everyone, welcome. My name is Dave, I'm part of the team here and it's a little bit weird for me to be filming here this morning. One of my roles on the team is that I'm one of our kids pastors and so normally if I'm here filming it's because I'm doing our kids content for a Sunday and so I kind of half am expecting someone to give me a challenge envelope that says to juggle water balloons while whistling the national anthem or something but uh, it is great to be with you guys uh, whether it's the morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you are watching. And over the last few weeks, we've looked at a number of things in our series, Shaped by the Word. James looked at our relationship with the Bible, and then Alice talked about um, its ability to transform us, to be read not just for information, but for formation. Then James talked about what it looks like to be rooted in the Word, to meditate on it. And Paul last week did a brilliant job speaking about how we can be guided by the Word. And all this ties together with the Word being in us. In order to be transformed by the word, it has to be in us. In order to be rooted in the word, we have to be in it and it in us. In order to be guided by the word, it has to be in us. And so I get to close off this series within a series, looking at how we can live like Jesus and the role that the Bible plays in that by answering the question, how? How can I be filled with the word? How can I get this into here and into here? And this is a question that is particularly close to my heart. I've been raised a Christian. I've been in the church pretty much my whole life. For years, I've been convinced that I should know the Bible. And yet my overwhelming experience for so many years was sitting down with the Bible, opening it and just thinking, now what? What do I do with this? How do I get it off the pages, into my head, into my heart? How do I make it come alive and change my life? As Paul put it last week, I want to be full of the word of God in order that I can know the way of God. And over the last few years, particularly the last year, a key change has happened in my life. And it is the conviction, my conviction that I need to be filled with the word has become greater than the difficulty of my last attempt. For so long, I would be like, I've got to know my Bible. I've got to get it in me. And I would try and I would read it for a few days and then I would hit a barrier. I wouldn't know how to get past it. I wouldn't know what to do with it. It would be too difficult and I would give up. But this conviction grew that I had to be filled with it, that I had to consume it, that I had to be sustained by it. That is a picture that is used in the scriptures all the time. And it is something that I'm starting to see the fruit of. Just this week, um, when I was actually working on this preach, I was uh, speaking it out loud, I was recording it to work out uh, where it's going to be too long, what I needed to cut out. And halfway through, uh, Rach, my dear beloved wife, rang me uh, and said, uh, she was out with our two-year-old and she said, oh, do you want to come and meet us on a walk? I've forgotten his shoes. And I was like, right, that's really, (laughs) it was kind of a funny story, but also kind of really annoying because I was like, I was making good progress with this. At first I thought her call had deleted the recording. It turned out it hadn't, but at the time I didn't know that. And I was, I was pretty annoyed. Um, But I sort of begrudgingly was like, oh, fine, I'll come down. I'll come and find you. So I went downstairs, put my coat on. It was freezing. I didn't want to go outside. Uh, and I got the wellies and I was walking there. And I was genuinely, I like, I was in a real huff. I was in a real mood. And I was going to go there and be like, why would you do this? I've never made a mistake in my life. How could you possibly forget his shoes and all of this? Um, and as I was walking, I just sort of started to speak to the Lord and just say, Lord, I'm, I'm writing a preach on how I can be filled with the word, how I can be shaped by the word. 
so, so tell me, how do I be shaped by the word in this moment? And I just felt him say to me, what does it say? That passage about love in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, what does it say? And I was like, it says, uh, love is patient, love is kind. And he just stopped me and was like, be patient and kind. And it just totally switched it around in my head. And I was like, I love my wife. I can go into this situation where currently I'm feeling pretty impatient and pretty unkind. You know, I was looking for an argument, but I can go into it with patience and with kindness. And it totally turned it around in my head. And I got there, I gave her the wellies. We had a good laugh about it. And we had a lovely family walk. And it just felt so pertinent to me because I was like, this is what it looks like to be shaped by the word. Because it was in me, God was able to shape me through it. And I want this talk to be really practical. As I said, I've been on a journey of discovering how to do this myself um, over the last year or so. And so I'm gonna share some of the things that I've tried. But I also want to share some of the wisdom and some of the practical advice of those within our community. I text out a few people a couple of weeks ago asking what they do, asking what has worked for them. And the stuff that came back was absolute gold. Like I, I can so heartily encourage you, if you're trying to push into this or any area of your faith, message a few people in our church and say, what do you guys do? Can you give me some advice? Because the stuff that came back, there is so much wisdom out there. And so, as I said, the content, the content of this talk is going to be extremely practical. My aim is that you go away from this motivated to read your Bible, but also equipped to read your Bible. That next time that you sit down with it, you don't think, now what? You think, I can't wait to try some of those things that Dave suggested. Which one should I start with? And I want to frame this all within the context of a wonderful bit of scripture that we find in Psalm 119. We're going to read verses 9 to 16. And last week, Paul talked about Psalm 119 being like a love letter to the scriptures, which I think is such a good description. So if we turn to Psalm 119, starting in verse 9, it says this. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the ways of your testimony I delight in as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts. I will fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. And what I want to draw from this is the many varied ways that the psalmist is engaging with God's word. He uses it as a guard to make sure that he doesn't wander from it. He stores it up in his heart. He is taught by it. He declares it. He delights in it. He meditates on it. He fixes his eyes on it. He delights in it again, and he makes sure that he will not forget it. And it's in this varied approach to the word that I think is key to answering the question, how can I be filled with the word? I've got to be honest with you now. I do not have a one-size-fits-all answer to that question. We are each of us individual. We think differently. We absorb and remember information differently. We learn and apply things differently. So what I'm going to try and do is give you some questions to ask yourself, some sort of general principles to apply, and then a whole bunch of stuff to try, to give it a go, so that my hope being is that you can tease out a few Experiment, experiment with them, make them your own. And maybe not today, but over the next few days, the next few weeks, you can start to answer the question for yourself, how can I 
be filled with the word. I believe it is a key part of us wanting to live like Jesus because Jesus was full of the word. In Matthew 4, we, use him, we see him use the word um, to defend himself against the devil. In Luke 7, to confirm his mission to his followers. In Mark 12, to answer the Pharisees as they try and trap him. Jesus was full of the word and so we, have, we come full circle. If Jesus was full of the word and if we want to live like Jesus, then the question has to be, how can I be filled with the word? Now, I know already some of you might be feeling guilty. When did I last read my Bible? I don't actually really like reading it and I don't want anyone to know. That is okay. I want to be really clear. The word of God must never be a source of guilt or shame in your life, nor should it be an area where you draw unhelpful comparisons with others. It should be a source of joy, of life, of sustenance. And I know for many of us that is not the case. For a long time, it wasn't for me. But often I think that is simply because we don't know how to get it in us, off the pages and into our heads, into our hearts. And that is what I hope to equip you to start to answer now. So get your notepads out. Um, all of the points, and I'm going to make a lot of them, are going to appear on the screen. Uh, they're also going to come out in the small group resources that go out this week. Um, but the joy of online church, you can pause, you can rewind if you need to write other bits down. So I want to start with giving you three questions to ask yourself. As we start to answer this, how can I be filled with the word? I think the first question should be, is there space in my life? Our lives are more full, arguably now than at any other point in human history. I know myself, I have a dreadful habit. If I get one spare minute, my phone is out, I'm scrolling Instagram, I'm going on YouTube. But if there is no physical time, but also if we have no headspace in life. It means that if we want to become more filled with the word than we currently are, there's no space for it. And so if that is the case, we need to start wondering, is there something that I can rearrange or is there some things that I can get rid of? That's been something I've been doing over the last year is trying to work out how I can get rid of the stuff that doesn't sustain me in order to make space for the stuff that does. The second question, how do I best learn now, we have been really clear, and I want to reiterate, we do not read the Bible for information alone. We read it for transformation. However, knowing the way that you learn will almost definitely help you to interact with it and engage with it. So, for example, I am an interactive learner. I cannot just sit and observe something and learn. I always want to grab my hands on it, give it a go. And so I started highlighting my Bible, commenting on bits, underlining bits, circling bits that stood out to me. You might be a creative learner. Get drawing, get painting. If you've read a bit of the Bible, paint the scene. You might want to do creative writing around it. You might be a visual learner. Get it written up on the walls around you. Get it on your bathroom mirror. Get it on your wardrobe door. And then question three is, how can I apply my learning styles and my personality to the way I read the Bible? A few years ago, um, I wanted to push into personal prayer. I, I find it quite hard to have quiet time. And so I got Richard Foster's book on prayer and I opened it up. And the first thing I read before I even got to chapter one was this quote, pray as you can, don't pray as you can't. And I honestly just closed the book and said, that is my prayer life changed. I've been trying to pray as I can't. I need to work out how to pray as I can. And I think we should apply the same thing to our Bible reading. I like routine, but I don't like repetitiveness. So my quiet time each day is at the same time, that's the routine. But what I do in that time 
changes. I have two lists of six things that I do and I roll two dice. And if the dice say two and four, then I do activities two and four. And this plays into a couple of things, um, partly that I love change. I really like change and so it keeps it fresh. But also that I like things to be like a game. And so I've taken this principle, pray as you can, have quiet time as you can. I've applied it to my Bible reading as well. Read the Bible as you can. So often I think we hamstring ourselves right at the start by trying to read the Bible in a way that we perceive to be right or better for some reason. But it's not, it's actually just harder for us. And so those questions, is there space in your life to be filled with the word? How do you best learn and how do you apply your learning styles and your personality to your Bible reading? And that leads us on to the next bit where I want to talk about how we set ourselves up for success. So number one, think about your environment. If you're trying to read the Bible in a year and you've got a 10 minute slot at the breakfast table with three kids, you are not going to manage it. I've got one kid and I wouldn't be able to do that. Instead, you need to work out what you need, where you need it, and the time in your day when it works for you and go with that. Now, obviously that will look different for all of us, but you need to think about your environment. Number two, get a Bible that you love the right translation, the right size, the right cover. Uh, it might be a journaling Bible. Now, I'm on the fence theologically as to whether this should make a difference. It is all the word of God. However, I cannot deny the reality that when I got this Bible that I absolutely love, I started reading it so much more. The second, the third thing, pray before you start. I liken this to, you know, you might be working on a laptop and it gets to 10% and it says like, oh, um, low battery and it all goes dim. And you keep working, so I can't be bothered to get up and plug it in. And you keep working and keep working. And then it says like a oh, 1%, you like really plug it in. You're like, oh, fine. And you plug it in and suddenly it's so much brighter and you can see everything so much clearer. That is what it is like. You know, you can read your Bible without praying. But if you pray beforehand, it, is, it just brings it to light. It illuminates the scriptures. And then fourthly, do it with God, not for God. I think so often we think that Bible reading is something we have to do for God in order to, you know, earn his love. That could not be further from the truth. It is a fundamentally broken and wrong theology. These are God's love letters to us. As Alice talked about, they are our letters from home. Read them with him. Don't read them for him. So think about your environment. Get a Bible you love, pray before you start, and do it with God, not for God. And what I want to do now is to give you um, 13 things that I have tried or other people have suggested that when you sit down with your Bible, you open and you say, well, now what? These are some of the things that you can try. As I said, they're gonna come up on the screen, but obviously because there's 13, we're gonna go through them quite quickly. So feel free to pause, write them down. But also if you want to know more, please do get in touch. Number one, get a messy Bible. A picture of my Bible is gonna come up. For so long, my Bible was pristine. It looked unread pretty much because it was. I started underlining, highlighting, circling, journaling bits that stood out to me and it brought the text alive. Suddenly I was engaging with it. Number two, follow a reading plan. I mentioned that I'm doing the Bible in a year. I have a reading plan for that. Um, as Alice has talked about, we are gonna read the Gospel of Luke together as a church, as a family in the lead up to Easter. 
follow a plan because sometimes even before we sit down, open it and think, now what? We sit down and think, what should I even read? And a plan will help you with that. YouVersion is an app that has thousands of Bible reading plans um, for every possible situation and topic. Number three, imagine the scene. This is for the, the visual learners amongst us and the creative types. Picture yourself, you're reading a story about Jesus. Picture yourself there, you're in the crowd, you're next to him. What do you think, what do you feel, what do you smell, what do you taste? It brings the words alive. In the resources that are coming out with the Luke reading plan, there is a, a great step-by-step -step guide to help you do that. Number four, memorize the scriptures. I cannot overstate the value of having scripture memorized, ready to hand. Over the, uh, last year, this was something I tried to really press into and I just set up a WhatsApp group with a few friends and I said, I'm gonna work through the alphabet. Um, I'm gonna do a verse a week. The first one starts with A, the second one with B, the third one with C, and I'm gonna memorize 26 verses throughout the year. And I managed it. I think a picture is gonna come up of all of those verses crammed into my journal. And I memorized all of those. I was so pleased with myself, but more than that, it was so equipping in my faith. It brought them alive to me. It felt like I was full of the word. Now I can't remember all of them now, but there is so much more of the scriptures in me than there was before. And there's hundreds of different ways that you can memorize scripture. That again will play into what kind of person you are, what kind of learner you are. Number five, get a good set of questions. Often we read our Bible, we read the passage, and then we close it and we don't think about it all day. The right set of questions will bring it alive to you. And there are thousands out there. You only need to Google it. Again, the Luke resources that are coming out have a fantastic set. Some of the questions I like to ask, what is the context? What has just happened before? What is about to happen? Question two, what does this teach me about God? I think that is a phenomenal question to ask. What stands out to me personally? This can help us work out what God is trying to speak to us personally through the scriptures. And then the last one, if this is true, what difference would that make to my life? Turning the theory into action is wonderful. The sixth thing you can do is pair it with worship. Um, you can find songs that are based on verses that you are reading. For example, I heard You Speak by Vineyard Worship the other day, which is basically just this beautiful um, worship rendition of the creation story. And as I listened to it, I, it just brought that creation story, which I'm very familiar with, into a new light. And it, it was fantastic. You can also look up verses from your favorite songs. The vast majority of worship songs are based on scripture. And so if there's a song that you particularly love, look up the verses that it comes from and read that. It will help you connect with it. Music also helps us with the memorizing. Someone got back to me and said that they use seeds worship. Now that is, um, it's literally Bible verses set to music. It's a kid's resource. Um, this person was not a kid, but they were like, it gets it in my head. And I mean, if you've ever listened to seeds worship, you will know it gets in your head. Number seven, study it. I love learning as much about a section of the Bible as I can. I have a degree in theology, so this has always been something that I've really loved to do. Um, the Bible Speaks Today is a wonderful, they have commentaries for every book of the Bible, but they've also just amalgamated them into an NIV study Bible, which is fantastic. I'd really recommend that. Um, you can also use the IVP Bible background commentary. These are basically um, cultural commentaries so you can understand the context 
uh, of what you are reading. They are the best I have found. Um, they are quite expensive, but if you want to save up, it's an incredible resource. Number eight, read whole passages and then ask what little bit stands out. As I said, I'm reading the Bible in a year. One of the dangers of reading the Bible in a year is that you just rattle through it. Uh, you're kind of ticking the box and it doesn't really soak in. And so what I'm making myself do is as I go through my four chapters, I say, I will underline at least one thing and ask God what he is speaking about to me through that. Ask God why he has drawn your attention to that bit. And then maybe write it down, take it with you throughout the day, put it in your pocket next to your phone so it's with you. Number nine, listen to it. Someone got back to me and said they ask Alexa to read the Bible to them as they're getting ready. I thought that was genius. Uh, someone else said that um, they wanted to be known as someone who walks with God. So whenever they walk anywhere, they put the audio Bible in their headphones. Listen to it, particularly good if you are not a big fan of reading. That is a great way to get the scriptures in you. Number 10, take it slow, really focus, really drill down, maybe even into one verse. Focus on what every word means. You can journal around it, write around it. For example, John 3.16, for God so loved the world. You can take it bit by bit, for God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. Each word can suddenly be rich in meaning when you take it that slowly. Uh, this is linked to a practice called Lectio Divina. And again, in the Luke resources that are coming out, uh, there is stuff to help you do that. Number 11, the absolute opposite of that, read big chunks of it. Uh, at the start of lockdown one, Rach and I decided that we were going to um, join a few others and read the New Testament in 40 days uh, for Lent. And it was a massive undertaking. It is eight or nine chapters a day. It was hard work. But both of us experienced the New Testament come alive in a way we had never done before, as we were able to see the, the sort of whole picture, the big scope of the story. It was wonderful. I've also read the book of Revelation in one go. Um, I love Revelation, but let's be honest, it's hard to read and it's super weird. Um, but reading it in one go suddenly made it a little bit easier to understand, a little bit easier to read, because again, you see the overarching story. Number 12, get creative. Maybe you want to do creative writing around a verse. You might want to rewrite a psalm, draw the story you've, re re you've just read, or calligraphy a verse. I think it's really important on this to say you don't have to be good at it. I know plenty of people who will calligraphy a verse. They're not calligraphers, but it's a way for them to meditate on the scriptures. I like to do creative writing around what I've just read. It doesn't mean they're good, but it just means it's a way that it comes alive for me. And then 13, read it in community. Have discussion, ask questions, read it in your small group. I will always remember uh, a small group at the Kizik's house. Years and years ago, we studied the story of Lazarus's resurrection. And it just came alive. Everyone had different perspectives. Everyone had different thoughts. It was amazing. And for my whole life, I will remember that small group discussion as it brought the scriptures to life in community. As a church, we are going to be reading through Luke's gospel across Lent in the run-up to Easter. Perhaps that is the thing that you're going to take up over the next few weeks. So these are all things that you can try as you sit down and read your Bible, different ways to approach it that hopefully will enable you to engage with it better, for it to come alive, for it to fill you. 
I also wanted to point out a few resources uh, that are extra to our Bibles, but that either that I have used or have been suggested by people whose, whose faith and their Bible reading life I have enormous respect for. The first of these would be The Bible Project, absolutely incredible online resource, um, all about the Bible. Uh, the books of the Bible, the main themes, they have videos that explain all of it. They also have an app called Read Scripture. It's a Bible in a year reading app. It's the one I'm using at the minute, and it's brilliant because as you get to a new book uh, or a new topic, they it's linked to their videos so you can understand what you're reading. The Lectio 365 app, one that came out last year that a lot of people use, is a sort of scripture, prayer, meditation-based app. Uh, is brilliant. The Soul Time app. There's also the Lectio podcast by Abiding Ways Ministry. It's about 10 minutes long. It's, it's different from the Lectio 365. Really good resource. The Bible Binge podcast, another good one. Um, I Am So Many Things is a sort of identity-based, scripture-based journal that you can use. You can also engage with creative interpretations. Some of you might have seen The Chosen. It's an absolutely incredible series on YouTube all about Jesus's life and ministry. It's one of the best and most inspiring things I have ever watched. I've just finished reading Dear and Glorious Physician, which is a novel. It's all about Luke's life in the, in the run-up to him writing his gospel. Uh, another book inspired by Rachel Evans is a sort of retelling of Bible stories to bring them to life in a new way. Now, obviously, it's important to remember that uh, artistic interpretation has been used. There is behind this and we shouldn't confuse it with the scriptures themselves. But it is a nice way to build a picture and to feel immersed in it. So I've given you a lot of information, but I hope you feel, like I said, inspired, but also equipped to approach your Bible in a new way that will enable it to come off the pages, into your head, into your heart. You know, there's a lot of research uh, to suggest that my generation and those younger than me, but also the church as a whole in the season it's coming into, will be known as the Bibleless generation or the post-Bible generation. As a follower of Jesus, I wholeheartedly reject that label. As Alice quoted Coma the other week, there is no legitimate expression of following Jesus without the word of God. So instead, I want to land on the question, what would it look like for us to be a group of people who love the word, that are full of the word, rooted in it and guided by it, inspired by it, shaped by it? What would that look like in your life? It might be joining in the Luke reading plan. It might be something else. But my encouragement to you, don't let it be nothing. Press into this. I saw for myself what that can start to look like the other day. An argument with my wife turned into a funny story and a lovely family walk because of the word of God, because it shows us the way of God. And that is the invitation to be full of the word of God in order to know the way of God, in order to live like Jesus.